Well, for today, what I'd like to do is I'd like to to have us all together take a little bit of a trip way back in time. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. So I'd like to take you back 80 years ago. Man, I think of it, how many years have gone by? 80 years ago. If you went to the movies, you might be watching Citizen Kane with, with Orson Welles or The Maltese Falcon with Humphrey Bogart, The Great Lie, or, or how about Sergeant York of the Royal Canadian Mounties. If you turned on your radio, remember there was no TV yet, you might find Fibber McGee and Molly, Inner Sanctum Mysteries, The Great, the great Gildersleeve, or Maybe even the Jack Benny show, which ran for years. And if you listen to music, and a lot of people did, my father always dreamed about playing in a big band. That was his his goal growing up. And songs like I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire by by the Ink Spots or Chattanooga Choo Choo, Glenn Miller. Hardy Shaw had the song Stardust. Frank Sinatra was just getting his career going with a song uh, called Dolores. And for country music fans, it's hard to believe it was 80 years ago that Ernest Tubbs sang Walking the Floor Over You. Andrew's sisters were extremely popular, a song like Apple Blossom Time. And going back to December of the year 1941, Duke Ellington and the A-Train, which is what we're listening to right now. But 80 years ago, December 7th, was a Sunday morning, and the world as we knew it totally changed. From the NBC newsroom in New York, President Roosevelt said in a statement today that the Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, from the air. I'll repeat that. President Roosevelt says that the Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor in Hawaii from the air. We will interrupt all programs to give you latest news bulletins. Stay tuned to this station. In the 48 contiguous states of the United States, Hawaii back then was a territory. People were just getting up on the West Coast, had already been up, maybe already gone to church on the East Coast, when the word of the attack on a quiet Sunday morning in Hawaii was beginning to make its way across the Pacific Ocean and to Washington, D.C. Most Americans were enjoying their Sunday afternoon. Pretty much the second Sunday in Advent in the year 1941. Looking forward to to that time of Christmas not far away. And now suddenly America is plunged into a war. Most Americans never thought we would ever be involved in a massive war again after World War I. a matter of fact, it was President Roosevelt that ran with the promise of keeping us out of foreign entanglements. Even though Winston Churchill had made many a plea to the United States to to aid them in their fight against Adolf Hitler. The fact that France had fallen and it seemed like nothing could stop the German juggernaut. Now suddenly, 
Americans were facing an enemy they never conceived they would be fighting. It wasn't it wasn't something that was in the news. There was no internet, there was no big discussions. The average American was absolutely shocked on that December 7th Sunday morning in 1941. At the time in in 1941, my dad was was just about 16 years old. And he and his parents, my grandparents, and maybe some of your parents or grandparents, probably gathered around the radio shortly after the incident when President Roosevelt addressed the nation as he stood before the Congress and the Senate of the United States and made this pronouncement. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation and at the solicitation of Japan was still in conversation with its government and its emperor looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. The attack yesterday on the Hawaiian Islands has caused severe damage to American naval and military forces. I regret to tell you that very many American lives have been lost. In addition, American ships have been reported torpedoed on the high seas between San Francisco and Honolulu. As Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy, I have directed that all measures be taken for our defense, but always will our whole nation remember the character of the onslaught against us. And here we were, a country that was recovering from the Great Depression of the 1930s, just beginning to to get on its feet again, life beginning to be more normal, suddenly plunged into war with Japan. But what many people just didn't realize that in a matter of days, we would also be deeply involved in a war in Europe because the Japanese had decided to become allied with with Germany and Italy. And all of a sudden, Germany is our enemy as well. And so we went from 1941, at the very beginning of a hopeful year, 1941, to ending the year plunged into a war on two fronts that that changed the character and the makeup of America forever. And it's hard to believe that 80 years have gone by. Now, granted, I was not born in in 1941. In 1941, I came along about 13 years later in the 1950s, as as many of us baby boomers did between roughly 1946 and 19, 
66. Large number of us now heading toward retirement as well. And for most baby boomers, I would say for almost all of the baby boomers, if our parents are alive, they're they're well approaching the age of 100. To think somebody that would have been serving at a young age in 1941 would now be 98 years old today. And those that served in the theater in the Pacific, those that fought on the various beaches trying to take island by island as we worked our way toward the home island of Japan, those that those that found themselves in 1942 heading to, to North Africa or heading to Italy and ultimately in 1944 to, to descend upon France on a journey to Berlin. The United States went through some very, very difficult times. One of the things that I enjoy in life. One of my, I don't call it a hobby, just call it my, my mindless entertainment. I've learned to love to listen to some of the old-time radio programs that came out in the late 30s all the way into the 1950s. And I remember my father talking about radio. I remember, I'm the generation that the TV had finally invaded the household So I don't really remember growing up with radio drama. Some of you might that are older than I am. My father had many a favorite program, Inner Sanctum Mysteries, like I mentioned before. I can remember him talking about that. And and in the 1940s was also The Green Hornet. And that was a radio program recorded on WXYZ Radio out of Detroit. And it was syndicated the Green Hornet. And during the Second World War, it focused a lot on, on quote, Nazi spies and, and what have you. Many of the radio programs, Fibber McGee and Molly, Jack Benny Show, all of them talked about raising money for the war effort. Many of the commercials from that time telling housewives how to stretch your war coupons because there were so many shortages and, and limitations as we attempted to fight a war on two fronts. One of the things that stands out in my mind, some of the things that my grandparents told me years later in the 1970s and 80s, that there were times early on in the war we wondered, would the Japanese defeat us? It seemed like we were fighting an uphill battle and suddenly also on two fronts. And there were many days the news that would come in on shortwave radio from the BBC or other sources was sometimes not all that encouraging. America in those days was also a praying nation. I would say that that England in 1941 had been a praying nation for a couple of years with, with the Axis and the Nazi powers trying to the bombing of London and, and, and all they were seeing and, and waiting for the day that the Germans would attempt to come onto British soil. The defeat at Dunkirk and so many other setbacks. People wondered how this war would end. 
And there for this time, during those roughly four years, 1942, 43, 44, and a good chunk of 45, many people wondered how this war would come out. And maybe by 1944, we had a slightly better feeling. And the war effort is now in high gear. What's happened to America in that time? Now, my dad, my dad was 16, heading toward his 17th birthday in December of 1941. And he pestered his parents, my grandparents, as much as he possibly could when he turned 17 early in 1942 to join the armed forces and to fight for his country. Many people, they didn't have to be drafted, even though they had a draft. Surprising number of men literally lined up at recruiting stations all over the country to sign up to fight the Japanese or the Germans, whatever the case may be. In my dad's case, my dad thought he'd be joining the United States Army. And instead, when he went to the recruiter, They decided because he had a German last name, it would be more apropos to send him to the Pacific Front. They also recognized the United States Marines needed a few more good men. And my dad found himself in a short amount of time on a train and on his way south to Paris Island and a bus ride as well. Paris Island, South Carolina. During his time in basic training, he never, he always wondered where they would be sending him as he trained. An aptitude test delayed him going to the, uh, shall we say, the battlefield. Instead, they sent him on to school for a little under a year. Actually, Cornell University in, in upstate New York to learn electronics, to learn how to deal with broadcast transmitters. Not that he did that for a living later in life, though he did like electronics. Maybe that's where my interest comes from. And my dad, his job in World War II was working behind the lines in China, where the Japanese had made a stronghold. And they worked their way building and and commandeering Japanese radio facilities on their bases. And that's how he spent many of the years that he spent his time overseas fighting for his nation. And it was a dangerous mission behind enemy lines. Now, my wife, Lori, talks about her dad. Her dad, also a young man, back in 1941, when that news came to where he was living. And he ended up in the United States Army. And he was trained as a young man, He was drafted, he was in the army a little later, and he was one of those that were prepared and trained to to land on D-Day in France. And what an operation that was. I mean, this was one of the most massive operations ever undertaken in military history up until that point. To have this massive army to descend upon Europe Operation Overlord. You know what's funny? I think back 
how different times were by then in, in 1944. America had been at war about two and a half years at that point, a little over two and a half years, barely. Since the Japanese attack at Pearl Harbor 80 years ago today, for today is December the 7th, 2021. And I'm amazed to think that 80 years have passed. Before I forget, I had the privilege about, oh, let's see, maybe about 11, 12 years ago. I had a short time where I was not in ministry or on radio. I had taken a sabbatical away from what I had done, and I had the opportunity of being a public information officer for both the sheriff's office and an emergency management division. And I was asked to go up to the Greenville-Spartanburg Airport in South Carolina to be there with a video camera to, to video the return of many of the World War II veterans that had gone to see the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. It was called Honor Flight. And here were these guys back then, literally in their pushing 90 years of age, a number of them in wheelchairs. They were veterans. Some had served in Europe. Some had served in the Pacific Theater. Many had seen combat. And to see these grown men remembering like it was yesterday the things that they endured during the Second World War and to photograph these people a little over 10 years ago. I can remember the urgency of trying to allow as many of the World War II veterans as possible to be on an honor flight flight to, to Washington, D.C. They came from all over. And many, many volunteered to kind of chaperone and help them. Like I say, these men were now pushing 90 years of age. And we realized that, that for many, there weren't that many years left. Over the years, the greatest generation has died off one by one. And there are very precious few remaining. They represent a different time and a different place in our history and culture. Those that served in Europe, those that landed on D-Day and survived, most on that first wave did not. And the many that landed on various beaches in faraway places in the Pacific. Today, our nation spends its time trying to forget that it's one nation under God, and it does all in its power. The media disgustingly hates God. They hate prayer. They hate Christians, and they hate believers. They make it very clear they they have a low tolerance level for, for those that are believers in Christ. They're proud of the fact they spend their Sundays never going to church. They're proud of their atheism. They're proud of their being just agnostic or just being obnoxious. Take your choice. They scream separation of church and state when there's a manger scene somewhere too close to City Hall. They complain that we can't 
talk about the things of God in the public square anymore. Yet nowhere in our nation's history up until the 1960s was this ever an issue. You know, you go back, let's go back to 1944. Like I say, today we're remembering 80 years ago, us getting into the Second World War, being attacked by Japan, and hearing what the president had to say to Congress the next day. But I want to share something else here. Two and a half years later, we'd gone through 1942, 1943, and now we're halfway into 1944. Operation Overlord and the massive number of boats and aircraft that were assembled and and how it all came together and those that landed on D-Day in the early, early morning hours in France as people were just going to bed in the United States not having a clue and the next evening the next evening finding out what had occurred in Europe and here's something you probably will never see happen if the media ever could have their way President Roosevelt did what any president of that era would have done he led the nation in prayer ladies and gentlemen the president of the United States my fellow Americans I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor. A struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization and to set free a suffering humanity. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace, And by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servants, into thy kingdom. Give us strength, too. Strengthen our daily tasks to redouble the contributions we make in the physical and the material support of our armed forces. And let our hearts be stout to wait out the long travel to bear sorrows that may come to impart our courage unto our sons wheresoever they may be. And, O Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in Thee faith in our sons, faith in each other, faith in our united crusade. With thy blessing, we shall prevail over the unholy forces of our enemy. Lead us to the saving of our country and the peace, the 
I find it amazing that 80 years, 80 years have come and gone since that day, that Sunday, December the 7th of 1941, that changed the character and the direction of the United States forever. In some ways good and in some ways maybe not so good. That's a program for another day. But we found out that we had among our people, people that would answer the call, people that would still go to church and pray, people that would do without, people that took jobs for this effort to preserve freedom and fight tyranny in the world. Regardless of what you may believe politically or 2020 hindsight regarding the war, American people Hey, they stood up. My wife's father and my dad were among millions who did the same thing. The greatest generation also was a bit of these. Let's remember this. And let's be honest. Back in back in the 1930s and 40s, people still went to church. People still, even if they were marginal in their faith, or even if those that didn't have faith were not as obnoxious, screaming obscenities like people do today. There was still a modicum. There was still a filter. And God was respected in the marketplace. People that are clergy, they, were, they weren't cussed at or spit upon like you find today. We're in a very different world, a much more vile world. And I believe the Bible teaches that, and I, I mentioned this yesterday and last week, that Christians are salt and light in this in this earth. Salt is a preservative, and light, of course, exposes the evil of darkness. Many of that that greatest generation, they were still believers and true believers at that, and they were probably salt and light. And over the years, as their influence has diminished, as they got older, maybe retired, ill health and passed away, and with the vast majority, way vast majority are now gone. Their influence and their preserving effect has left us as well. Have you noticed that as the power and influence of the greatest generation diminished, many of the issues of the Western world have risen. Those that are the baby boomers, like myself, and even many of this audience, we were given a lot from parents who had so much taken away, taken away during the Depression, and then serving in the Second World War, dealing with what they had seen as they tried to normalize their life, protect their children, and give us a better life. Sadly, too many of my generation squandered this great gift. And that's something I'm going to address in the next segment of this program. But before we leave 1941 behind, before we leave the Second World War behind, 1942, 43, 44, 
and 45 and think of the great sacrifices made at D-Day, the atomic bomb in 45 and, and how the world changed. I just want to think about those that fought also, as I mentioned, in Europe. Those that would make the bombing raids as they would try to limp their aircraft home, a B-17. And that combination of relief and joy that they felt, and they could think of the words of the song by Vera Lynn as they approached Great Britain and they saw the White Cliffs of Dover. There'll be bluebirds over the white cliffs of Dover tomorrow. Just you wait and see. There'll be Tomorrow, when the world is free. The shepherd will tend his sheep, the valley will bloom again, and Jimmy will go to sleep. There'll be bluebirds over the white cliffs of Dover tomorrow. Just you wait and see. The shepherd will tend his sheep. The valley will bloom again And Jimmy will go to sleep In his own little room again There'll be bluebirds over The white cliffs of dome Just you wait and see. So as we say goodbye to, to 1941, when we come back on the other side of the break in a few minutes, we're going to talk about the things we need to be doing now in 2000. And 21. We've gone through a very strange time in our nation, and, and I've really been praying about some of the opportunities that we have ahead of us. If only we are smart enough to pay attention enough and listen carefully to where God is leading us. And I'm going to be sharing a bunch of exciting things that have 
that have happened literally in, in the last several days that are beginning to come together. And, and it's something you really don't want to miss on the other side. All I can tell you for certain that there are some incredible things going on behind the scenes. And I think you're going to want to stay tuned to hear it. Like I say, just things in the last literally five or six days and, and phone calls continuing, some stuff coming up later this week. I want to tell you about, and I hope that you'll, you'll stay with me into uh, part number two. A lot that I want to share. I'm excited. You know, I don't normally get really excited about some prospects. This radio program, I'll, I'll just be honest. It is something that God called me to do. I'm thankful that God has me do it. There are times that it's not easy to do, but I know there's a reason and a purpose for coming before this microphone and doing this program on a daily basis. But I really believe that the year 2022 is going to be a year of radical change. I see some good news on the horizon in all these difficult times. We mentioned it yesterday and we talked about it over the weekend that sometimes there's really good news. God is still in control and, and all is not lost. And too many people that claim to be Christians are acting like losers. They're acting like they're depressed, they're scared, they're frightened about everything. And they're not living that victorious life. There is a harvest white out there right now that's being ignored because we're busy chasing viruses and theories and this. Look, all of that is important and we do talk about it. But that is not to replace the things that we need to be doing and fellowshipping as believers one with another. And we'll get into that on the other side of the break. Now, listen, if you do support what we're doing here, this month of December, a couple of things. I need to know what station, if you listen on radio, that you're listening to. And you can do that one of two ways. You can send me a direct email. And I promise you, I am not going to put you on an email list and send you nothing but emails every week asking for something. I'm not going to do that. That's my pledge. You can write me at Bob at Truth the Number Two Ponder.com. Bob at Truth the Number Two Ponder.com. And tell me, and tell me what station you listen to. Maybe you listen on shortwave. Maybe you listen on one of the domestic stations that airs this program. And maybe you have some thoughts of, of what we can do going forward. Let me know. I would love to hear from you. And like I say, I'm not going to send you a bunch of email. You're not going to get on an email list at all. I'm not going to do that. That's my promise. That's Bob at truth2ponder.com. Or you can write us. Our mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, 32536. I'll give that address again in just a moment. If you feel led to support us, we, we're very thankful for those that do. By the way, we want to be able to pray with you as well. And this is going to be an increasing ministry. You're going to hear more about that on the other side. And we have a special email for that. Prayer at truth, the number two, ponder.com. Prayer at truth, the number two, 
ponder.com. I can remember back on Sunday, just before I went into church, I had an email that was forwarded from Prayer of Truth to Ponder, someone with a need, and we had the opportunity to pray for it. So that particular need and that person. So it's prayer at truth2ponder.com. Once again, if you want to help us financially, you can do it from the website if you'd like, or you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 Crestview, Florida. 32536. That's Crestview, Florida. 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Healing in his kanaf. Coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Khan, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and you're going to love it in a moment. I found a real cool thing, never saw it before. But it's an amazing thing that Listen, in the Old Testament, at the end, it says in Malachi 4.2, the son of righteousness, who's Messiah, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. But the word here that's translated as wings is the Hebrew word kanaf, trite, kanaf, healing in his kanaf. Kanaf is also the name of the sacred fringe that is on the prayer cloth of Jewish men, the tzitzit. If you'll see something hanging down, well, Messiah had that on him. It was the hem, it was the, the corners of his garments. So when it, it says, when the woman said, I have to touch the hem of his garment, that was the kanaf or the tzitzit, the hem of his garment, the border of his cloak. That's what it is. So Malachi says the son of righteousness, which is Messiah, will rise with healing in, in his wings. It's healing in the hem of his garment. So Messiah has kanafs on his garments, corners that can be touched. He's touchable. He's grabbable. Why? So you can touch him. So you can be healed. You want to be healed? Don't focus so much on all the healing. Don't focus on all those things. Focus on Messiah. Focus on him. Touch him. Grab hold of his sacred fringe, the corner of his garment. You can grab hold. He's got kanafs. That's the edges. That's the hem. That's the the corner. You can grab hold of him. You see, blessings come not when you focus on blessings, but when you focus on him and grab hold because the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings, healing in his kanaf, healing in the hem of his garment. Want more? Ask for the sacred fringe. Now, hidden for 2,000 years, now revealed the awesome, unprecedented mystery of the temple doors and sapphires guaranteed to help you become strong and victorious in God. Listen, grab hold of it. You're going to be blessed. How can you get these gifts absolutely free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you will be blessed with the gifts. But call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and the unreached peoples on five continents with over one billion people. How? Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. One And you can have a great part in the end time harvest of God. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct at the nice Jewish boy at box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. It's box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, grab hold of Messiah and peace be to you in Messiah, Harafa, the healer of your soul.
is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Tuesday. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. We spent the first half going down memory lane, so to speak, before my time, 1941, 80 years ago. Now today I want to refocus where we are in 2021. And what my heart is telling me about the future and things I really believe you need to know. Up until recent weeks, the news has always been depressing. And and there's always been the headlines. Everybody has this super secret information about this, this, that, and the other. Some of it related to the pandemic and the new world order. Look, we know all of these things are coming. We know these days may also be upon us. But if all we do is dwell on the negative, if all we do is look for the newest conspiracy theory, and if all we do is share that among ourselves, then what have we really accomplished in this world for the cause of Christ? And that's increasingly becoming something on my mind. It's easy You know, it's like the proverbial shooting fish in a barrel to to talk about all the things that are wrong. And we're very careful on this program to deal with a lot of issues that we are certain of the information and the facts. There's a lot of material that people send me every day that I do not share with you because I can't verify, I can't feel comfortable with its sourcing or its accuracy. And as I look back over the past Roughly, we've been doing this program now, going on 16 months. I can think of about a half a dozen stories or more that could have easily been shared because they sounded really on target that turned out not to be true. And I I thank God just for limiting me in terms of getting that feeling just to leave this particular headline alone. And I've got, I have a lot of friends. We, we sometimes disagree. But it's real. I'd rather stay with the stuff that's... There's enough bad stuff out there that we can verify, that we can be certain about without having to speculate on things that may or may not be true. Right now, this is what I know to be true. I really believe, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing it come together. I talked about it maybe back earlier this year that we would have this time and I just didn't see when or how it was going to happen. And you've heard me say, if you've listened on a regular basis, the Bible says, do not put your trust in princes or the sons of men. In other words, everybody that talks to me about, we're going to fix it at the ballot box in 2022. Yeah, maybe we can fix a few things. Maybe we can buy ourselves a little time. But I've been hearing we're going to fix it at the ballot box since I first started voting in 1972 and that's a long time ago so you know this coming year will be the 50th anniversary of the first time i voted in a voting booth and i've been trying to fix the country at the voting booth ever since and how has that worked out and and so to say we're going to fix it in 2022 or 2024, let's get serious and realize that the ballot box is not the ultimate for repairing the United States. It's not the way you're going to fix Great Britain. It's not the way you're going to fix France, uh, Australia, New Zealand, just to name 
a few places, among many others, including Germany and Austria and what have you. It really requires us changing ourselves, getting right with God, bringing more people into a true relationship with Jesus Christ, sharing his gospel and building his church. Now, the pandemic, well, it proved one thing. A lot of churches uh, are easy to push over. And they stop worshiping. And I, I know some that still run around living in fear to this day. The early apostles would not have done that, but we do it today. There are several things we can do. There are a few things this ministry can be involved with and even I can do. And working with other ministries in tandem together. I really felt a long time ago, and I never saw how this was going to happen back in the spring, that I wanted to this radio program to be a, not just a radio program on its own merit, but to also be a catalyst to work with other ministries and other people who God has called to do certain things. And in recent weeks, these so-called chance conversations, people that you meet through email and what have you, have opened some opportunities that I never would have dreamed possible. Not just for this radio program, but for other ministries. One of the things that has really been a frustration to me, and, you know, it just I'm a frustrated preacher, as they say. I mean, I spent years, I mean, I, I spent years in the radio business, and when I got to a certain age, the door opened to train for the ministry, which I did, went back to seminary, did all the things I needed to do, and I spent a number of years being a church pastor, a church planter, and I miss those days. But for a season, God called me away, and that door was closed. And now I see kind of that door opening, but not in a way that I would expect. Now, many of you heard the program this past Friday, and uh, or those that hear it on the weekend, some some of you listen, maybe hear, heard it on Saturday or Sunday, had a little conversation with Edward Zoll, who has his own ministry now, and they're beginning to produce probably once a week for now, Crosstalk News with his, with his co-host, Lauren Witzke. And I'll be talking to them again this week. You'll be hearing them on this program again. And we're talking about collaborating on a couple of very special projects that we can do together. One of them is to to help people that don't have a church. We're trying to find a way to do one that's online. And and I know there are many good churches in many communities, but maybe you're in a place where, you know, there's not a church nearby. You know, there's a lost world out there. And, and we're not going to do some kind of a church that's, that's to be theater or entertainment. I want to bring to you some, let's say, some serious churchmanship and the Word of God and, and open your eyes to the things we need to do. We, we need to build churches, plant churches, or work within the churches we have to grow those churches to prepare for the next time we have lockdowns, shutdowns, and what have you, like a pandemic or a global climate crisis you don't know what they'll come up with next but you can expect it and i want to take this opportunity that i believe we're about to get 
to help churches grow, and most important, to grow individuals and people in Jesus Christ. And so I'll be talking a little bit later this week and into next week, might even be doing a live program uh, for radio and online where there'll be several of us and it'll be a time of Bible study and even being able to call in your questions or email them in. It's one of the things that I'm going to be involved with. And like I say, to bring you a worship experience. Now, before I forget, just I'm going to change gears just for a moment here. As we get into this coming weekend, and even later this week, if you're looking for some sacred Christmas music, you're going to find more and more of it at ancientwordradio.com. That's Christmas music and, and Christian favorites, classic and sacred. At ancientwordradio.com, that's ancientwordradio.com. I I just wanted to mention that before the program got away from me today. But there's some opportunities. Other people you hear on this program, uh, Jim Calhoun is introducing me to somebody else that may add another dimension to some of the ministry work that I'm trying to tie together under an umbrella. And we can work together shoulder to shoulder in this this harvest that is just white. And I see the good news. Look, some of these mandates are about to fall apart. Some of the narrative of lies that we've been, that have held people back during this pandemic are beginning to crumble. And and some of the fear is beginning to be alleviated. And I believe God is about to open the eyes of many. And we're going to have, not all, many have chosen to believe the lie and they'll never be changed. But for many of us, for many of us, I believe we have an unprecedented opportunity. And I want you to join in prayer with me that whatever opportunities we are given, we do not miss. I want to be able to share with you in, in music. I want to share with you with, from God's Word. And I want to be able to give you messages of encouragement and, and work with others that can help keep you ahead of the curve when it comes to the news that impacts your daily life. i 
no doubt in my mind there's a tremendous amount of opportunity out there to serve our Lord. We just have the second Sunday in Advent. We have, what, two and a half more weeks to go, and it'll be, what, Christmas time already. Hard to believe that it's it's almost here. But this past Sunday, we remember, many of us remember the ministry of John the Baptist preparing, making the way straight for the Lord. We are now in the advent of his second coming. He came humbly the first time, and thereby, by God's calling, John went out, and he proclaimed the salvation to come in Jesus Christ. And he baptized people, calling them to repentance. When Jesus began his earthly ministry, he sent disciples out two by two to prepare the towns that would receive him and to cast the dust off their feet in condemnation that would refuse him. This ministry is dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Do you believe what we're trying to do here? Would you consider helping us financially to pay for the airtime? If you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, that's Ancient Word Radio, mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, in Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida. 32536. And until tomorrow when we gather again, may God richly bless you, is my prayer. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.